listeners, happy to see you and welcome to episode 14 of the Author Accountability Podcast. As you guys know, I'm Rianne, but here with me today is Serena as Donna is on maternity leave. Hello, Serena. How are you? Hello. Good to see you. Good to hear you as well. <laughs> it's really nice to be on someone else's podcast for a change. Yeah, I find that as well. After I've done a couple of my own episodes, I'm like, oh, I'd love to be on someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> it's just less work, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's nice that I don't need to worry about the transcript after this. Good luck to you. <laughs> well, we don't do a transcript for the Author Pan- Accountability Podcast. Okay, well, that's easier then. <laughs> yes, yes. Although we do have a downloadable worksheet for anyone who wants to work through the prompts that we have. So Ooh, there will exciting. be a link to that in the show notes. Um, so how are you doing with your writing? Well, <laughs> <laughs> always a good start, isn't it? Well, I've just, um, last week, Monday, I finished my first ever 100-day writing sprint. Lovely. Where I made a point of writing for just 15 minutes every day, and I've made quite a lot of progress that way. I didn't think it would work for me when I went in, but it actually worked very well. Hmm. But I have also come to the realization lately that I cannot work on three works in progresses at the same time. Or rather I can, but I can't write three at the same time. So mm. instead of trying to do all that now, I'm sort of scaling back a little bit. So I've benched two of them. I think you're, you're reading one of them for me at the moment. I am, yes. <laughs> I'm benching that one for now. But uh, So I'm, I'm completely focusing just until it's done, which makes sense to me, on the Blood Wisp trilogy. Mm-hmm. Because I've decided on that one that it might be a fun idea, <laughs> oh bless my younger heart, to <laughs> to write the entire trilogy before I start editing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's been a little bit challenging, I think, for me to spend so much time in the same world with the same characters. Because I'm used to, you know, sort of finishing one draft and then hopping into another world, spending some time with those characters. And this now has been it's been interesting (laughs) it's funny you say that because I literally did that with the Kane saga I when I was writing the collective I found it really difficult to write and publish write and publish write and publish so what I decided to do with the Kane saga was exactly the same thing to write the whole trilogy and then edit the whole trilogy and then publish it it's a lot of work it's a lot of work (laughs) but it made me realize that I really enjoy writing over editing so I think if I could just write stories for the rest of my life (laughs) and not have to worry about the editing I'd be a very happy person (laughs) (laughs) well I suppose you could but you may then also want to consider to not publish them (laughs) yeah but then nobody reads them and then you can't that's a shame then yeah then you can't chat about the book and you could do I don't know you you could maybe write on um I've forgotten the name now what <laughs> yes ah thank you i'm so glad we share a mind <laughs> yeah you could you could write you know something on wattpad and then that way you maybe don't need to worry about the editing as much you can just write as it comes to you and then mm. that can be you know your thing on there that you maybe mentioned before and that you don't edit them i don't know i'm, mm. I'm i have a wattpad i haven't used it in years so i'm not probably I'm not the best person to ask for advice on no that. I think I think I probably will stick to writing and publishing books because I there's something about being able to say oh yeah that's my book you can go and buy it that is quite nice isn't it? yeah it just it just warms my heart 
And I think it helps you a little bit take um, ownership of your writing career as well. Because I don't know about you, but I think at first, when you're just starting out, it's really hard to introduce yourself to someone as, hi, I'm Serena, I'm an author, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really hard to do that. You know, it almost feels like, well, but no one has given me permission to do that. So it feels like I'm being an imposter, even though you're not. So mm. I think if you can then say, actually, my books are out on Amazon, you can buy them. It maybe helps the confidence on that a little bit. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, so I what, what you asked me. <laughs> it, was about your, it was about what you were working on and you said oh, yeah. you were cutting down going to the Blood Wisp trilogy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm making a few changes on that. Um, I think, did you read the first ever version of that when it was still a novella trilogy? Yes, but I think I only read the first one. Because I only technically had one at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I had had three novellas because originally it was going to be a novella trilogy. And then one of my other critique partners said that it's not really three separate stories, it's one. So I've combined the three into one book. Big nightmare, by the way. Do not (laughs) recommend doing that. (laughs) And then I, yeah, and then I still had to write the other two after that, which I hadn't planned at all at that point because I I thought I had, but then I combined them and it got very messy. So (laughs) I have a bit of work to do on that still. As I said, very messy. Do not recommend. Do not do it to yourself. Bad idea. Terrible idea, actually. So (laughs) I'm, I'm sort of writing the third one now, but I'm also doing some plotting on how I can expand the first one and make it more exciting and make it melt and make what used to be three novellas come together as one coherent book Mm -hmm. so that when people eventually read it when it's out they don't go this reads like it used to be three separate novellas this reads like it's always been one coherent novel so (laughs) that's the dream no it sounds good so is that would that be like your tasks for the next week then were you just going to focus on doing that plotting yeah, I think so. So um, I really enjoyed doing this first big 100-day writing sprint. And I think I will do another one. I'm thinking about starting it this month, but I've talked to a friend of ours, Beverly Lee, yeah, because she wants to try one as well. So we said that we might do it together. We're having a talk about that next week, um, also via Zoom, to discuss what, when we might do it, how we might do it. And so the next one is just around the corner and I'm spending the time before I start that to just really prepare for it, plot everything, make sure I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing this time. No, that's nice. And you know, that's what this podcast is about, having accountability. So doing it with another person is a, is a great way to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Whereas for me, I'm just writing a novella because a bit like you, I thought, oh yeah, I'll just do a trilogy. I'll do another trilogy. Project Caridon will be a trilogy. Turned out it's actually going to be bigger than that. And I've now got three novellas and four main books. So I'm not quite sure how I managed to do that. That's exciting, right? Yeah, but I am really excited. So, um, and, and knowing you, the novellas would probably blow up into full-blown novels as well. <laughs> Funnily, you should say <laughs> that. Because... While the novella for the King Saga turned out to be a full-blown novel at like 40,000 words I'm in the middle of writing the first one at the moment and I'm nearly at the end and I'm only just reaching 16,000 words so I think this one might actually be a novella which is quite exciting for me (laughs) (laughs) 
It's quite hard though, isn't it, to write a novella after you've written novels for so long, because it's a different process. You need to get to the point so much faster, which also makes it really fun though. But I think I've now come to accept that I'm really bad at writing novellas. <laughs> so, I See, I always thought that I'd be bad at writing something short, but now that I'm actually in the middle of doing it, I think I'm doing an okay job, if I do say so myself because <laughs> no one else has read it yet so no one can tell me <laughs> otherwise <laughs> we'll have to see when you're ready to give it to someone else um you'll have to give it to me i'll read over it and tell you that it should be a novel instead we'll see. No. <laughs> it's probably no. fine it's a novella anyway not everyone struggles with staying with keeping things as short as i'm struggling no, with that. yeah i'm sure you've done fine <laughs> yeah and then the only other thing that i need to do is keep up with my patreon content for for my patrons um i'm currently giving them two chapters of tournament of the elite every month until i release it so that's quite fun um and then i start my new muggle job on monday so yay yes but the good thing with that is i get to leave my house an hour later than i would have at my previous one so i have an extra oh, hour nice. to work on stuff so in theory you get things done twice as fast theoretically yes <laughs> but it depends whether I take on more stuff to fill in those gaps, <laughs> which is probably, what I'm probably yeah. And do. knowing you, you would probably start a TikTok or do something else. <laughs> or, I'd see, I don't know if I can get on board with TikTok because I don't really like video. No, I don't. Which is interesting, given that we're sort of doing one right now. <laughs> yeah, but no one's going to see this video, so it's no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> because when I started doing my podcast I felt so mega awkward recording myself and listening back to and I cringed at myself so much I, I struggled so much which is why the first episode sounded very awkward <laughs> but and I, I kind of feel like I would struggle just as much doing the video of myself but then because the podcast is working out so well now I'm thinking what if I don't know I might actually be quite good at video Maybe. It might just be that because I'm scared of it, I'm, I don't try it. But actually, I could be a natural. It doesn't seem very likely to myself that I would be a natural filming myself. But who knows? I might be. Probably not. But I might I be. Mean, I mean, I'm trying my hand at it for my patron. No one else is going to see the videos. It's only going <laughs> to be on Patreon until I get more confident. But yeah, it's, it's very strange. I bet it is. Mm. Mm. I'm I'm thinking maybe I'm gonna have to change the way I do it because I was recording it on my phone while I sat in like a nice chair with a good background um but I think I'm gonna have to change it because I don't like the way that is I prefer speaking to a screen so I think I might have to do almost like a zoom call with myself <laughs> well I quite like your background now you've got some art in there you've got some gray and yellow which is my brand colors by the way how dare you but <laughs> it's actually a Hufflepuff pillow oh there you go <laughs> because I'm a Hufflepuff. See, I found it an interesting realisation that my brand colours and my favourite colours are kind of grey and yellow together because they're Hufflepuff colours and really I'm a Slytherin, so I've failed massively. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I just don't have many green things, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so what are you currently reading at the moment? That's a harder question than you might think. <laughs> I'm going to assume you're like me and reading multiple books at the same time. 
Yeah, I'm reading way too many things at the same time. I'm in a weird reading slump at the moment, actually, which is probably why I'm struggling to stick with any one book right now. Mm-hmm. What does Goodreads say? What am I reading right now? So, <laughs> I started reading, um, is it Iron Gold by Pierce Brown last year, which is the fourth book in the Red Rising saga. And I'm really, really enjoying that. But I needed a break from it because they're very emotionally heavy books. Mm-hmm. And I felt somewhat destroyed. <laughs> And I think after a little while, I just needed a break from them. So I've had that and I'm slowly coming back to that now. Mm-hmm. But um, So I've got that in paperback. I'm also reading The Eye of the World for the first time. I say for the first time. I've read it. Well, I've technically started it for the first time many years ago. For some reason, someone didn't get into it. And I thought I would try again now because they are big books in every sense of the word. I mean, they are massive on my shelf, but also they are you know, they have a massive fan base and, you know, because it's Robert Jordan, <laughs> it's a really, really big series, which I think now is also being turned into a TV show. So I thought before I watch that, it would be nice to read the books. So I'm slowly making progress on that, really enjoying it. And um, I've also started um, reading a book by Rhea Watson, which is one of Liz Meldon's many pen names. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> friend? Is, yeah, yeah, which is Root Rod Academy Term 1. Yes. Because um, I figured I need a bit of smut in my life here and oh, there. And, honestly. And I'm, I know she's got me covered in that. So. Yeah, she is so good at that. And I absolutely, when I get into like a bit of a slump between all the fantasy books that I read, I just go to Rhea because her books are just golden. Yes. I've said a few times, I think, on my Instagram that her books are a bit like cake to me. I kind of see them as a mm-hmm. palette cleanser almost. So if I have just read quite a lot of books, I'm not sure where to go next. So I'm feeling a bit of a book hangover still from my last read. I go to Liz or Rhea or how many other pen names she has these days. <laughs> so- she has three. <laughs> okay. So not, not, even, not even that bad. So... <laughs> so because I know I know they are they are fluffy but in a really good way I feel almost a bit comforted by them they are really fun to read and as I said they're a bit like cake to me so yeah thing is I knew it was a trilogy so although I have the books I've not started reading them yet because I'm I I can't read one and then have to wait for the other one I got to have all of them at the same time (laughs) (laughs) so do you need to wait until all the books in a series are out and then you yes okay yeah yeah yeah, I think that's all I'm trying to read at the moment. There are technically a few other books I also have my own. Oh, and I've also there we are. <laughs> and I've I've also recently bought and Becky Wright's new audiobook. Mm-hmm. So I will also start listening to that very soon. The final act of Mercy Darth, that is. Lovely. Um so I'm currently reading the Three Dark Crown series. Um I impulse bought it last month. <laughs> How because are they? I'm really, enjo- I'm only on the first one at the moment, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Okay, because I think I've mostly only really seen good things about it, but you know, it's, it's it's another one of those really hyped series where I think, do I have time for that right now? Yeah, and then I think once I finish these four books, I'm probably going to go and read um, Caged Kitten because I still haven't read that Rhea Watson book yet. It's um, already on my Kindle. I may have bought both. Because um, Reaper's Pack was just mind-blowingly good and now I have it so that will be my palette cleanser between finishing the three dark crown series and starting the next series of whatever I'm going to start reading sounds good 
yes i'm very excited <laughs> very excited um and then the other fun thing that we have to talk about is are you watching anything at the moment tv movies um again that's a harder question than you might think <laughs> you're probably hoping for something big epic fantasy but we've mostly been watching trash <laughs> fair enough fair enough so um at the moment we're really into our competition shows so mm -hmm. we've been watching um what's it called um blown away which is a glass blowing competition donna mentioned that she was watching that as well <laughs> That's amazing because I don't understand how, I mean, I can see how glass blowing works, but just the idea that, you know, you throw it in the fire and it turns really small, so soft that you can mold it into anything. And then a little bit later, it's absolutely solid. And mm -hmm. then if you touch it, it'll probably shatter and your heart breaks. It's pretty fascinating to watch. But um, yeah, so we've mostly been watching things like that. <laughs> nice. And so I've recently gone back to my childhood and i rewatched all three seasons of h2o just add water which is oh, about mermaids um so it's basically a tv show about three girls who get stuck in a moon pool when there's a full moon and then get turned into mermaids i okay. really i really enjoyed it when i was a kid and i really enjoyed <laughs> it when i watched it again recently so nostalgia is <laughs> everything good. yeah <laughs> I was just like, I need something really easy to watch and put on in the background. Yes. Um, it was a bad decision because I got sucked into it. <laughs> but I've managed to watch all three seasons, so now I'm back to writing at my full potential rather than just chucking down 200 words and carrying on watching TV. <laughs> it does remind me, though, because what we've recently finished watching is the last season of Attack on Titan. Mm -hmm. And we're now watching the new season of The Promised Neverland. And they're both pretty amazing. Cool. I've hmm. never heard of either of them, but they sound quite good. Really? Mm -hmm. You haven't heard of Attack on Titan? No. Ryan! <laughs> we need to talk about that. <laughs> I will message you later and I will fill you in. <laughs> Do you normally watch a lot of anime or any anime? No. Then uh, to be fair, I think, I think the only animated... I'm going to put Tid on the end because I'm not quite sure. I don't think I've watched it in ages, but I used to watch Pokemon as a kid. Oh, yeah. There's my nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure Netflix has quite a lot of the Pokemons as well. So now I feel it like does. I need to go and watch that too. Pokemon is kind of our thing that we put on in the background if you're doing something else and just want a bit of casual background noise. Usually while yeah. I play The Settlers or Arno or The Sims or something that doesn't need too much doesn't need your attention yeah. yeah yeah although um today before we started this recording i did put on the originals again um i've seen all five seasons but it kind of ended a bit rubbish now i want to go back to the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> well i always kind of call for phases with pokemon because i i mean i started playing it when i was nine so when mm -hmm. the games were out very new and we'd already been watching the series at that point. So my best friend slash sister and I, we, we kind of, she got Pokemon Blue and I got Pokemon Red. I had Yellow. I also had Yellow eventually, but those were kind of our first ones. So that's, that's how we started. <laughs> yeah, so my brother got into Pokemon and then I got, he got me into it. So I think I had Blue because I, my mum bought me blue because I kept stealing his yellow. <laughs> um, so then we had our owns. Um, and then 
oh my god my brain is gone oh and then i had gold <laughs> oh yeah yeah i wanted silver but for some or no reason i got gold instead because lugia that was what... so much better than ho-ho <laughs> yeah that, that was that was such a big thing for us because i mean i grew up in germany so we always had to wait a little bit longer for everything to come out anyway and be translated but um a friend of ours at the time, he, I think his mom worked a lot in America or at Connections or something. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. And um, so he could get Pokemon Gold in English before, long before it got translated for us. So, I mean, we, we didn't speak English anywhere near well enough at the time to play them in English, although he did and he was a little bit smug about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so we kind of got our first look at the second generation that way and we were so amazed by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, but I think, I think I've had one game from every single release. So yeah, I think I had blue, then gold. I'm pretty sure I had ruby mm. and then leaf green, diamond and emerald. No, See, diamond for me was kind of where it went to hell a little bit for me. Oh, really? Diamond is like my favorite one. Is it really? Yeah. I remember playing diamond or pearl. I don't remember. And I think I, I, think I just saw one Pokemon in there and I just thought, you know what, they've clearly stopped trying. I'm not into this anymore. <laughs> and then I really got mm. into it again with black and white. Yes, I had black as well. And then I've just purchased Pokemon X. And by um, the way, Black and White, the series on TV, also has the best theme song. They have the it. best theme music, if you haven't heard it, they're so catchy. We like to mm-hmm. put them on here and there when one or both of us are feeling a bit down, and it instantly perks us up again. Yeah, and um, so my husband bought me um, a Switch for Christmas, so I've also got Pokemon Shield, but I'm tempted to buy Pokemon Sword as well, yeah, so that same. I can just keep replaying it, because it's actually a really good game. It is, isn't it so fun? I don't I don't understand why I got so much hate. I really love it. It's so mm. much fun. And um I've got um, I may have the special edition Pokemon Switch with Eevee and Pikachu on it. <laughs> oh, get you. I know we pre-ordered Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Mm-hmm. And um it, it came with the Switch. <laughs> Eevee is Eevee is the one I would have chosen as well. Yeah, Eevee is the best Pokemon. Eevee's my favourite in every generation i mean there's lots of others that i love but evie is my baby i love evie so much yeah so my aim in pretty much every game is when i get an evie i have to evolve it into an umbreon same oh, i love umbreon yes i'm <laughs> half i'm half convinced that we have a ghost cat in our house it's really sweet though it's not an evil haunting spirit or anything because <laughs> every now and again just sort of out of the corner of our eyes we see a cat and then we look and there's nothing there. And Barry's doing it now as well. Ooh. And every now and again, our cat seems to see something else as well. So we're thinking like, I ain't seen the cat. And I've named her Umbreon. Nice. So nice. We, we have a spectral ghost cat called Umbreon in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I have a toy of Umbreon sat next to my bed. Oh, so cute. I know. Umbreon is the best evolution. But I have a big weakness for dark types anyway. Yeah, although I do quite like Espeon. I do. They were both the second generation. Yeah. And I do have a soft spot for Leafeon as well. Mm, Because it's just so cute. I never had a Leafeon or a Glaceon until quite late because the earlier games where they were in always made you wait a really long time until you could get them. Mm -hmm. And by that point, you were pretty much done with the game. So, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we know, luckily in Pokemon Sword and Shield, you can get it from like the first gym, which is just perfect. <laughs> yes. You don't know how happy that made me. Oh, that would have fooled me. <laughs> Pokemon Shield fooled me because I saw what I thought was an Eevee in the grass and it turned out it was just some rubbish kid wanting to battle me and I was very annoyed with that. Oh yeah, the kids who play who wear the Pokemon outfits was are like, a bit dare, annoying. You? I thought you were an Eevee. <laughs> this is mm. not fun anymore. <laughs> uh, I quite like that I came here to talk to you about writing and now we've completely hijacked it with Pokemon. <laughs> this is what the Author Accountability Podcast is all about. We just have little rambles, it's fine. <laughs> Great, so to hold me accountable, my goal is maybe to start over Pokemon Shield again and catch an Eevee once I'm done with Assassin's Creed. <laughs> and before Mass down. Effect Remaster is out. <laughs> catch Eevee. I've written this down, mine. I'm glad you're putting that down. <laughs> yeah, and I've put, I've put down that you're plotting for Blood Wisp and you're going to talk to Beverly about your 100-day writing sprint. Yeah, and possibly do it together with her and I'll catch an Eevee. <laughs> yeah and then mine is just to continue writing my novellas because i have three to write this year um uh, keep up with my patreon content and figure out what the hell i'm doing with my website because i've had like a i don't want to call it a brainwave because i feel like it's just making me more confused but i feel like i want to change what i do with my website and okay. i'm trying to talk myself out of it because i know that it's a lot of work tell me about it what what do you want to change like what do you want to go from and what do you want to go to? That was the know, I, that's the problem. <laughs> okay, so you just know that you want to change it somehow. Well, I just feel like I've been trying to be and do something that I'm not. Yeah, I know the feeling. So I just want to make it so that it's back to how it was. Mm. You know, so I just, I share my writing I share writing tips that I've learned and I share book reviews. I don't want to, I feel like I was trying to do too much too fast of trying to get into like author services. Yeah. I'm just going to cut that off. There's nothing wrong with going back to the basics for a bit. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So this week's topic is what fears do you have around writing? Well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so and this is from someone now who has published six books an audiobook and a box set mm-hmm. but i'm forever scared that either no one will read my next book or that they will just think that i've stolen the ideas from something else yes. too much and that it's terrible because of that or that i've made it really difficult in some way or another even though i know that i'm not and you know i have all these beta readers and critique partners including you and my editor so i figured that if there was something difficult in there like i, I don't really want to mention anything because i don't want to trigger anyone but he said some kind of complicated or difficult relationship that mm-hmm. i'm showing in a good way even though it shouldn't be shown in a good way you know, I'm forever worried that something like that is going to come up and I don't realise it until after the book is out. And it wasn't my intention, but then everyone hates it and says that I'm being horrible. And I didn't even... And no one ever mentioned this before. Like, my critique partners didn't say anything. My beta readers didn't say anything. But the first review is, this book is too problematic, that nobody should read it. It romanticises abuse or something. And I'd be like, this is news to me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> so that's my fear. Yeah, but to be fair, I think that's a fear for everyone, though. Like, 
one of my biggest fears when it comes to my writing is that once I've finished and I think, right, yeah, I'm going to publish it, is that I'm going to publish it and no one's going to read it. Or like you said, someone will read it and they'll just hate it. Yeah. Like that is, that is a really big fear of mine. And what you said about, um, ideas being too similar as well. That is one thing that I am really struggling with, with Project Carrigan, because I know that a lot of my inspiration has come from The Witcher. I so think I'm, I remember talking to you about that. Did yeah. I read the outline for that? Yes, you did. Yeah. It's yeah. fine, though, because, I mean, we're all constantly taking inspiration from other things anyway. Remember how I said earlier that I'm now reading The Eye of the World? Mm-hmm. I don't know about the other books yet, but it's the first one, at least. It's basically Lord of the Rings. It's pretty much exactly the same plot. But look how well they've both done individually, and nobody cares, because they've both turned absolutely massive. So don't worry yeah. about it. Just make it your thing. I mean, I have made them slightly different. So although Keridans are made similarly to the way witches are made, which is with like potions and magic, um, mine weirdly are crossed with twilight vampires and that they have marble skin and there's only one type of metal that can penetrate it. There you go. So it's, it's an so interesting crossover. Yeah, I have made it different, but it's just sometimes I'm like writing like the dynamic between my three main characters and I'm like, just stop <laughs> i also got worried about making it too similar when i wrote the book that you're currently reading which mm-hmm. is so far off being published or even being named but um yeah i'm, I'm i i was worried in there that i was going to make one character too similar to someone else and something else <laughs> well, it was very vague <laughs> No, but I do it all the time though. Like, so I've got um, a series which is on the back burner. It's still in like the idea bubble stage. Um, And it's inspired by things like Charmed and, you know, urban fantasy, magic in a modern type world. And I'm just like, I, I don't think I can do that justice yet. So I'm just waiting until I can. And I just keep adding stuff to it. But yeah, what one of my biggest fears is being told that I've plagiarized something when I've tried so hard not to. Yeah, I've, I always tell myself that if it really were something just this obviously plagiarized, then my editor would have spotted it, at least one critique partner would have spotted it, at least one beta reader would have spotted it. So if it passed all that without any worries like that at all, then it's probably fine. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Mm. And then the other... You... Sorry. No, you go. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the other fears that um, you've touched on just now as well is that um, you're worried that you won't do a specific work in progress justice just yet. Mm-hmm. So you're waiting with it. And I kind of have a similar fear, or exactly the same fear really, with um, another work in progress that I've benched for now, which is The Silence of Magic. Because it's such a big world. I love the world building. Uh, so much I could talk about world building forever. Sorry, my cat's making a load of noise. That's okay. I don't. Oh, I think I heard him. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think because I'm trying to put so much world building into it, I'm worried that I lose track of some of the threats in there, or and you know the, the characterization of everything is slowly becoming more and more complicated. And I'm worried that unless I have a crime board. I'm going to lose sight of something and then I kind of foreshadow something and never come back to it because I just forget. Mm-hmm. So I'm worried that I'm trying to make it too big. 
if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So no, a lot no, of, it makes total sense. Yeah. A lot of my inspiration for that has come from the Elder Scrolls series, which I'm yeah. a really, really big fan of and I've played to death. <laughs> so I thought, I mean, I love how much world building has gone into that and also how much mythology has inspired little bits here and there and just generally how in depth everything is. So I'm trying to do something similar with the silence of magic. Mm. And um, I, I'm worried that I'm going to, that I'm trying to do too much with it and that I lose sight of too much and that, I, that it'll only be really big and complicated and in depth in my head. But when the book is out, it'll actually seem really simple and people will say that it's really flat world building and I won't know how that happens. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is with world building, it's really difficult to get a good balance, I think. Yeah. Cause as an author, obviously, you need to know everything about your world. Mm. You know, you need to know where the water came from, where the food source comes from. And it's just like, my readers are never going to know this. Like, who cares? <laughs> but, but at some point, it might be relevant to something. And then if you don't know what you're doing with it, it'll probably show. And I think if you can put in that little bit of extra detail, just in case it ever becomes relevant, um, you know, then, then that's going to add a lot of depth to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, I'm, don't get me wrong, I think when you do world building, you need to look at those things and you need to go through the process. But sometimes I sit back and I look at it and I think, who's going to know this information? <laughs> it's just me. It's only me. <laughs> who's going to know that 500 years ago a meteor crashed and brought magic to the world? No one, because we're starting a thousand years in the future. <laughs> But then the way that magic came to the world might still influence how magic works to begin with. Yeah, so in the end, it did turn out that it was quite relevant because one of the villains tries to exploit it, which was news to me because he wasn't doing that when I originally started. Don't you just love it when your character's surprise you like that? I had had something like that when I was writing Bloodsong, so the second book in that trilogy. And um, I... My main character, you, I just said that she thought that her adoptive mother had some big secret. And I thought, oh, we haven't talked about that. Hmm. Okay, I'll run with it. And uh, I went downstairs and my partner asked me how the writing had gone. And I said, you yeah, know, quite, quite well. I'm quite happy with it. But my main character just told me that her adoptive mother has some massive secret. And I don't know what it is, only that it's important. And she needs to find out more. And he said, how can you not know you've written it? And I, it's like, how These things happen. <laughs> these things happen when you write (laughs) yeah yeah i'm trying to think what other fears i have around writing as well because i i know i have loads i think it's i think i think the biggest one is what we've already touched on is just putting it out there for someone to read yeah and just getting the feedback from someone who doesn't know you (laughs) yeah because it's it's like Having criticism is fine if it's constructive and it's going to help you make it better. But if, if someone just turns around to you and goes, no, I didn't like it, I feel like, I feel like you die a little bit inside. So, okay. I mean, it's your opinion and you're entitled to it, but also Al. <laughs> and I, yeah. I mean, I think we all know as writers that we will get bad reviews, you know, and that's fine. You know, people are entitled to hate something that they've spent money on. They are entitled to not enjoy it and be disappointed by it. That is fine. But don't take me about on it, please, when you post about it on Twitter or Instagram. I don't need to know that you hated it. You can totally <laughs> rant about it as much as you want. But it's not a nice thing to wake up to, you know? 
So yeah. if, if you if you want to hate my books, by all means, that's fine. That's fair. I don't mind. I mean, I mind a little bit, but <laughs> but it's fine. But maybe don't tell me how much you hated it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing that you touched upon as well is um, being afraid that your book isn't original enough. Because as you said, nothing is anymore. Yeah. And I feel like, well, as you and I have both literally told each other, we've taken inspiration from things that we've enjoyed and we've loved. You with the Elder Scrolls, me with The Witcher. And I think as long as you do it in a way which isn't directly copying it, it's it's gonna be okay. Like as long as you make it your own and you change things so that they're not exactly the same, then I think you're onto a winner. Yeah, it comes back to that um, popular phrase, doesn't it? I forgot who said it, but it's something like, um, yes, of course it's been done before, but it hasn't been done by you before. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Because the thing is, the one example that I love when it comes to, oh, you know, I'm afraid my book won't be original enough, is I always bring it back to vampires. How many vampire books oh, yeah. are out there? How many different yeah. ways can you kill a vampire? How many different, you know, things affect vampires? How many different people fall in love with vampires, you know? Like, there are so many books out there. And if people are still writing them, and people are still enjoying them, quite clearly... It works, and people it, want yeah. more. Yeah, it works, people want more. And as long as you say, as long as you do it in your way with your characters, mm. you're to a winner. I think with something like that, it's quite difficult in a wise world to put your own spin on it because it's been done in so many different ways mm-hmm. before. But, you know, in a way that also then makes it easier to say, well, you know, just, just do your own thing with it. You know, like if you don't like the idea that vampires need to drink blood, for example, then you don't, you, you can technically take that in a slightly different direction. Now you can make it optional. Yeah, you can make example. them magical creatures who yeah. suck out the essence of someone's soul. Oh, there you go. I mean, that just like came to en- me. Like energy vampires. <laughs> yeah, energy vampires. Why See, not? I think we're just, we're just constantly writing, aren't we? So <laughs> even when we not try. <laughs> and if you don't like the idea that they can only go out at night because the sunlight is going to burn them instantly, then you don't have to do that. I mean, there are plenty of examples of vampires can survive just fine in the sunlight. Yeah, and so there's Twilight where they just yeah. sparkle, which is weird or you've got the vampire diaries where they have like magical rings or pieces of jewelry which means that the effects of the sun don't hurt them yeah so you know that's yet another take on it you know where they can go out during the day and they are fine but they need to have something that protects them and then we need to come back to that series at some point by the way but and then there's the witcher where it's just fine because they've adapted way better than i have properly in the sunlight without worrying about dying because i have like a hundred moles everywhere yeah and me, i just know too. that if i don't absolutely murder myself first no pun intended with, with sunscreen then there's a very good chance that i will die so there we are <laughs> yeah i mean i i literally go out in the sun and then i don't know if no, I mean, I know our listeners can't see this, but I th- is your curtain red? Because I'm pretty sure that's red and I come in yeah. from the sun that colour. Yes, it is. Yeah, that is, yes, that is me. That is me in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I so, just go red and then I go back to white. <laughs> so I'm mildly annoyed that the vampires and the witch are like, well, we've adapted to the sun. We've been here long enough. We've adapted. So why can't we do that? <laughs> Humans suck. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> And quite frankly, I don't know why we haven't 
evolved to a point where we can totally be okay with the sunlight without burning or you know not not in a flamey way but just in a sunburn way yeah you know, like why how long have we been on this planet why can't why can we still not go out in the sunshine during the summer without getting a sunburn i don't know why maybe someone will write a book about it <laughs> But I think I've read somewhere that our fingers are slowly growing longer to adjust for scrolling and typing on our knee finds. So thank God that's happening, but I still can't go out in the summer in the sunshine without sun cream. But thank God our fingers are growing longer for Twitter. <laughs> Mildly annoyed with that. Priorities evolution, please. <laughs> Love that. Love that. So... Reading it back into our yeah, topic, <laughs> if our listeners would like to, there is a worksheet for them to download. And the journal prompt for this episode is what negative or disempowering thoughts have been on your mind lately? And then once you've written those down, reframe them into positive ones, because we're all about positive thinking here. Very good. Yes. yes. Did, you, did you want me to share a negative thought or was that just what you it's completely up to you. You can if you want to. All right, then I'll just go ahead and do that. Yeah, I feel like, let's go. I feel like we've talked so much about other things that it's only fair that we finish on something that's actually writing related. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now, especially with my Bloodless trilogy, I'm worried that it won't be interesting enough or that it'll end up falling quite flat or that it'll come out and it'll just be quite boring for people. Mm-hmm. But one way I... Um, I remind myself that it's fine and that it will be all right is that I'm so far off still publishing the thing you know like my critique partners including you um, will go over it eventually it hasn't had any proper editing yet it hasn't had beta readers yet I'm still in pretty early edits really so to be worried at this point that it's not good enough is just self-sabotage really because you know it's it's so far off coming out that it's just no point worrying about it not being good enough right now. There's so much time still to add more to it and make it more interesting and and just generally develop the idea that is that's just no point right now worrying about it being boring. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love exactly what you said there. So the way that you've reframed that into a positive one is that you have the time to make it better. So much time. It's not out yet. You know, I think we need to remember when we're worried that it, that. A book idea isn't strong enough we need to remember that it's not out yet mm-hmm. you know we, we still have all the time in the world to make it something different and work on it and develop it so it's not worth worrying about that right now at all yeah no definitely um mine is what we talked about earlier so i always worry that my story is going to be you know someone will read it and go oh you've just copied this but to turn that into a positive as long as I'm not like I haven't directly gone oh yeah I'm gonna put witches in this like that it's just gonna be a witcher like I've tried to merge it with something else and by merging two things you create something new so I know yeah. that I've created something new so therefore I can't be copying anything there you are that's how I reframe mine and um, you will always put your own spin on it anyway, whether you're trying to or not, because you're writing it. There will always be something in there that makes it ultimately unique to you that no one else might have thought of. So don't even worry about it. Just do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great advice for listeners as well. Don't worry about it. Just do your thing and get those words down. 
Yeah, and by all means, be ambitious with it. You know, don't, I mean, that's a Slytherin in me talking again, but just be really, really <laughs> ambitious with it if you want, because, you know, if, if you don't quite reach the heights that you envisioned to begin with, then you probably still got closer than you think, and you still made it something really exciting. And, you know, it's better, I think, to aim really high and be super ambitious of it and maybe end up reaching heights that you wouldn't have if you'd only aimed really low. Yes. Yes. Love that. And you know what? That is such a high note. I think that we will end this podcast there for our listeners. So thank you to everyone who has tuned in and listened to our episode. Serena, thank you so much for coming on and recording this episode with me while Donna is over on maternity leave. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very sorry, everyone, that we rambled about Pokemon for so long. (laughs) It's fine. In one of our other episodes, which is now out as bonus audio, um, we actually rambled about Power Rangers for 10 minutes. So, All right, there you go. It's no different. It's no different (laughs) to what we've done before. Um, But yeah, so we will catch you guys next time and hopefully we will talk to you soon. Bye.